Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, one and all. This is Baka Bites, a show where we talk about what we're watching in anime. Today, I'm joined by my reoccurring guest slash co-host. We're not really sure. The oddly non-magical, magically average. Please be warned, we will be talking about spring 2021 anime, so spoilers are ahead. Average. Mr. Magically. Whatever the fuck you yes. want me to call you. Bye. Whatever. How are we feeling this week? Feeling good. Feeling pretty good. Yeah episode wise what were you about to say i cut you i cut you off like you were about to say something i mean you're sort of the leader and ruler of this so i will go by whatever you wish um you know i'm not gonna it's fine i'm just you know i'm just average hence the name oh (laughs) um yeah no this week was good uh honestly i i enjoyed the episodes of the shows that i'm watching but there wasn't substantively a lot going on 300 years was just again your your another slice of life episode the nice thing about it is uh, that they're actually touching back on an early theme. So the show starts off with our character dying and then being reincarnated as a witch. And the whole purpose of her being reincarnated as a witch in these mystical lands is so that she can live a peaceful and tranquil life. And episode to episode, it's just been chaos and she's going on adventure and adventure. And we don't really get back to that original theme. And there's no arcs. It's just you know, new adventures every single episode, new characters, which is infuriating. Honestly, if I kept a list, it would be like 10 pages long with the amount of characters that we've been introduced to and need to know. Uh, So this episode, yet another character is introduced, but we get that theme again of having a peaceful, tranquil life sort of be upset. But instead of it kind of turning back to, you know what? Yeah, I I do enjoy the peaceful, tranquil life. I I should just stick to that. Our main character actually her her motivation changes from sort of being all about herself and 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 fighting for herself to 
fighting and standing up for her family or who who she calls her family the essentially the the harem of girls that she's acquired who have joined her and are living in the house um so i mean it's a good episode again it's it's nothing too fantastic when it comes to just story building but for a slice slice of life series it's not bad it's just I'm, I'm interested to see now if they keep hitting on the theme and if they'll continue that on as the story progresses but nothing too spectacular there on the flip side we also have pretty boy detective club which, which i'm a week behind on so like i don't know what the fuck happened but according to you it's not not great well it's it's what you had predicted right so the the last week's episode we have the new mystery again it's it's two it's two episode arcs on solve, resolving a mystery the previous week our main character comes face to face with a girl she believes to be a, a yokai which is a ghost i want to say in, in japanese yep um or, yeah and and we we find out in the episode that this ghost i'll just keep calling her a ghost she's not a ghost but this character is actually the student council president's uh fiance it's it's the the woman that he's engaged with due to a family uh an arranged marriage between the families and on top of that we get this new mystery of well there's this disgusting piece of art in the art room who did it that was resolved quickly there because they were all in agreement that it was her the real question was how did she get it into the room and then the episode i thought also the why 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 did she do it as well the yeah the, the why was... i guess that was kind of resolved because like she wanted to join the club she didn't get in and now she's just bitter about it yeah that i mean that was the main theory that was hit on in in the previous episode and in this most recent one too was was that it was pretty clear that she just sort of resented the group and the president for not allowing her in um so yeah the mystery was sort of i guess in that case twofold it was why and how because she's this very small she's like a I, this part weirded me out in the episode she's a first grader just in case you yay yeah. gotta love the youngins like god damn it but Japan. but like i get it it's 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 an arranged marriage that'll happen when she comes of age but like my god yeah I, and to continue on with that though too that was what i on the previous podcast i'd noted i was hoping that they would get more into the background of it and really explain her backstory and the reason why she resents the club the way she does and this episode they do so they talk about the reason why the student council president and her are betrothed the it, it pretty much boils down to her family used to be a very noble rich powerful family and due to circumstances of life became destitute and rely essentially heavily on the student council president's family to help out her dying family name um there's a whole backstory obviously because it's the way that the storytelling goes and how it's super over the top and eccentric they go into the backstory of how the girl's family is essentially integral to the economy if they her family fails other families fail the economy fails it'd be horrible and so the student council president's family essentially agrees to keep them alive to maintain their status and to keep every the status quo and that just happened to be having their son become the husband of the dying family's daughter so huh that was it was an yeah that was interesting like it, it, it kind of went away from the mystery but obviously still 
a part of it in, in, a, in, a, in somewhat of a way. But I like the fact that they go into the backstory. But I'm going to be honest with you, beyond that, the rest of the episode was not really thrilling. It, it was a lot of, like, rhetoric and speeches by the characters, which is normal, but there really wasn't any substantive, like, true problem-solving around the mystery, and they didn't really build on the mystery anymore. You did learn that the girl had pushed the president of the club down a flight of stairs after she found out she wasn't getting in the club. Oh. Yeah. So that was an interesting piece. But the, the president's adamant keeps saying, like, you know, oh, she didn't do it. I actually tripped. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're just saying that to help <laughs> her and to, to, to protect her. Don't worry. We know she tripped you. And he's like, no, seriously, I did just, in fact, trip. Like, see, nothing I more see than that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So, I mean, that sort of back and forth thing, it's you, it's not like you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, like she pushed him. You're kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that explains like another layer onto why she didn't join or why she wasn't able to join. And the reason why she, she resents the club so much too. Um, but yeah, really beyond that, the, the, the manner in which they resolve the, the mystery is, is really lackluster. Like this one probably upset me the most as far as the solving piece, but... I did enjoy the backstory. I did enjoy learning more about, again, the student council president's history on his arranged marriage, the girl and her family. But again, you got to show me more real meat in these mysteries to to solve. Like I, it's just you need it's, some meat for your potatoes. Yes, exactly. What you're saying the mysteries are so cool, and they they really they pull you in every time, but it just kind of sputters off at the end and you're just kind of left wondering, well, I mean, there's got to be more, right? And nope, they just move on to the next one. So. <laughs> but again, it, it's still a good, it's still a good show. I, I don't think I'm going to drop it. It's not, it's not enough to where I would like stop watching you're, it. You're too far deep. You're too far deep to do that. And I'm, I'm actually interested to see if there's, if there's like an overlying, like an overarching arc, I guess, to, to, to... I feel like there is just because they keep bringing back the like student council president from the other school as like kind of like an antagonist and that and they keep bringing up the like 21 club or whatever the fuck they are yeah so like I feel like there is it's just it's not really explained well but and I, I know it's the yeah. first season too and so there's obviously there's world building and character building you have all the relationships that are being built too but as far as the first season goes, if, if the show is Pretty Boy Detective Club, the mysteries are not all there right now. And I said it on the previous podcast, and I'll say it again. Like I, I'm, I'm hoping what this transitions to is the first season is just, again, an introductory to everything. And then the f- next season, if there is one, um, I don't know what the source, if, like, if there is source material, where the source material is at. But I'm hoping that the mysteries are longer. And that they really build more on this problem solving. Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of nice, but you will have to wait a while for that. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I'm gonna go over mine pretty relatively quickly. Um, or shows that you're not watching that I am. Uh, Lobo, I didn't even put it in the intro. Lobo is not feeling well today, so he is taking a break. I'm sorry, Lobo. I did not put that in earlier. I love you. I know you're gonna be listening to this tomorrow or whatever. Sorry, the heck. Lobo. We miss we you. you. Anywho, I will talk about the shows that we normally talk about, and then um, 
Magically Average and I will talk about Nagatoro Odd Taxi and My Hero Academia. But uh, for me, the three shows that I'm watching this week is uh, Higahiro, which I'm probably... We, we've been saying Higahiro the entire time. We were probably mispronouncing that. Like, we were probably butchering that really badly. Um, the episode was fine. It was basically just like her last week in the city with uh, Main Dude. And, like, him and her kind of coming to terms, like, oh, she's leaving. And then with the episode ending, like, she climbs into his bed, but, like, in a non-sexually way. And is just like, I'm going to miss you and everything. And he's like, guess what? I've made up my mind. I'm coming to Hokkaido with you. And then she's like, really? And it's like, yeah. And then that's where, you know, you kind of, like insert uh jumping with your like legs backwards high-fiving in midair like freeze frame type thing it was fine it was a good episode like they had one minor incident where uh the girl was uh i think her name is sayu she uh was going to surprise the main dude at work and like walk home with him and everybody took that as she ran away early and was like oh no where is she and everybody freaked the fuck out but yeah, like it's it's, I don't know. I'm re- I'm really interested to see how it ends, especially because I believe they are ahead of what the source material is, so we'll see. But um, yeah, it was it was kind of what we expected last week. What would happen this week? And it was a good episode. Nothing to complain about, and nothing to write home about. So it's just a good episode. Um, the next one was those Snow White notes. It basically was like, hey, we're starting the individuals and. There are like 40 or 50 individual fucking people entering this goddamn contest because they didn't put restrictions on the contest of like, hey, you have to be ranked or you have to have competed, etc., etc. in these type of competitions. Instead, any Joe Schmo from any high school could just enter. So you get like, a mo- not necessarily a montage, but you get like a couple like seconds of just like really bad playing or of like beginners just kind of like going slow and it's like okay, this sucks. Let's get on with the main show and like even the the people who are like ranking everything, they're like, all right, I'm waiting. Like all the people who are ranked are playing at the end, and then everybody who isn't ranked or you know mildly ranked are like in the middle because main character never played in a competition, so he's like dead smack in the middle of everybody. So they're like, we're waiting on this kid. But before they get to this ki- that like main character, you get the super fancy guy who was like showboating uh, during the group competition, and he's like, his instructor was like, okay, whatever you do, do not showboat. And by showboat, he means like a twang thing where he just slides his finger up and down the strings. Yeah, the blues twang. Yeah. Yeah, and what does the guy do? He just full tilt goes for it. He's just like, I'm having fun with this. Fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> and like everybody, like everybody's like, this is fucking weird, but okay, I can dig it. So like, you get that, and then you get another like, I don't. There's so many fucking characters in the show that they really don't introduce well. That there's this the second person that they go up is like they call him like the young pup, like because like. He's, like, a prodigy, but, like, he's also the youngest prodigy or whatever of, like, some certain family, but he's not, like, the... He's not the greatest, but he's still very good for his age. And he plays, and, like, the episode ends with him playing, and his, like, last string breaks, and it, like, ends on a cliffhanger. Like, does he keep performing, or does he just end there? So we'll see... I think at the, like, at the next... uh, Beginning of the, like, next episode before, like, they'll do the recap, and then, like he'll just continue playing on two strings or something. 
I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, that's where it ended. It's fine. I knew that this was going to happen. It's just, you know, tournament arc, the show of music, which, you know, Battle of the Bands, I can dig it. I I can dig Battle of the Bands, but, like, give me a Dragon Ball Z Yu Yu Hakusho tournament arc. Oh, boy. Get that fucking shit off my screen. I mean, that's a different vibe, too. Musical instruments versus superpowers, it kind of brings out a different feel. Okay, but to be fair, because you guys, like, Lobo had nearly had a heart attack the the episode where i told him i stopped watching yu yu Hakusho for you lobo and um, this is directly aimed towards you i have restarted watching it just to see if i can get through 40 fucking episodes of a goddamn tournament arc yeah i looked up how many episodes are in the dark rose tournament or the dark tournament it's 40 no i yeah it is from episode 26 to 66 is the tournament arc that's a filler season no that is the there's four seasons of the show. <laughs> you can't just have one full season that is a filler season. No. <laughs> the tournament arc in Yu Yu Hakusho is 40 fucking episodes. That is... Okay, not as bad as the fucking Chimera Ant arc of goddamn Hunter Hunter. But oh, I don't, that's I, a different story for a different day. I didn't even give that show a chance. Oh boy. I was like, nope. Oh, boy. it's it's Okay, to be fair, it's a great show. They do have a small tournament arc, and it's it's great because they're just overpowered. It's fun. It's fun. I would, I would suggest watching that. But the Chimera Ant arc is awfully long, and we are on a tangent now. But <laughs> anywho, uh, Battle of the Bands individual style, I dig it. But, you know, we're going to get a few more episodes of people, and we'll see how that goes. Um last show is tokyo revengers literally three weeks built up to i gotta stop this or like three or four weeks of just like okay i'm back in time i gotta make sure that this guy does not die on august 3rd or 5th or whatever fucking day it was he cannot die he cannot die cool i settled the argument between the guy who kills him and him let's all go to the fair or like let's go to the shit what is it why am i blanking on the goddamn term festival um yeah, festival. They go to a festival and then they get separated because of rain and all that. So it's like, oh, sad. And then there's just a giant brawl in the parking lot between, you know, the Mobius gang, which is like they thought they defeated, but no, they're back because of an asshat who traded sides. But like after Mikey talks to him, he's like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Don't beat my ass. And then it's just like, cool, people are still fighting. Where the fuck is Draken so he doesn't die? and he gets stabbed like it's like you lost sight of him your one job like i understand like you're going back in time and you have to fix shit and you don't know what you're flying by the seat of your pants but you had one fucking job this time just keep your eye on one fucking guy and you fucked up he just it, the episode ends. The guy is just laying there on the ground, just in a pool of blood with like rain coming down. He's like, "Well, this motherfucker's about to die unless we call the ambulance." So we shall see next week if the guy dies or not. I have a feeling he will, but for the fact that like he died with Mikey being on good ter- like good terms with Mikey, I feel like that like the outcome of that will be different. So we'll just have to see. But yeah, that was just like. For the love of God, why? Why did you fuck this up, kid? But, again, I stated reasons of just, like, you know... It's it's a little difficult getting thrown into a situation of time travel and, hey, what happened 10 years ago or 12 years ago? What the fuck do I do? So, 
I kind of like, I mean, from someone that hasn't watched it, I kind of like that because you get a lot of those time travel shows where they focus so much on resolving the one thing, thinking that it's going to solve everything, right? Like, I need to prevent this one person from marrying this one person, or I need to prevent this event from even happening. And then they accomplish it. there's always another workaround. Yeah, well, and, yeah, but there's always, like, those extra outcomes and circumstances. But I think here, like, I like the fact that he the person might actually die but who knows if the outcomes are going to be any different or the same or, you know there's still the yeah, mystery that's 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 true but yeah i was just like god damn it Takamichi, <laughs> how could you how could you fucking just let this man get stabbed like you could have shouted before the battle even happened to be like okay listen we can fight we can duke it out make sure this where's this one motherfucker i'm calling you out right now like where are you at fucking get him the hell out of here he's got a fucking giant ass knife like get him the fuck out like you could have done so many i don't know it's it's, at this point i'm nitpicking i love the show it's fantastic let's move the fuck on let's talk about let's talk about uh don't tease me miss nagatoro um what, what do you got to think? Because, like, to me, this episode was a little more of the same, but, like, the second arc was a, a little bit of character development, I think, between Nagatoro and her one... F- not the stupid puppy-looking girl, but the, like... Uh, by puppy-looking girl, the two, like, friends that were, like, in the, like, original, not the third one that just kind of tagged along. But, yeah. like, the orange-haired girl, she kind of figures out, like, I think between the two, Nagatoro and the orange hair girl, like, they had a moment of just, like, oh, I'm going to egg this on because this this pushes her button. And, like, other yeah. than that, like, there, it was just more of the same, and it was just enjoyable, as always. Yeah, I, I think this episode focused highly on the friends and the development of, I guess, their personalities, but also their relationship to Nagatoro and Senpai. Um because yeah, I mean the first the first portion of the of the episode, nothing really happens. Uh, it's th- essentially they play hide and seek with a, a dirty mag magazine because Nagatoro wants to convince her friends that uh, Senpai is actually super horny and 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 does in fact think very pervy things. And her friends are like, Nah, he's an he's a herbivore, he's a sheep, he doesn't do that. And she's like, Well, I'll find a dirty magazine, and he. He's like, I'll bet you pancakes about it. Yeah, and there isn't one in the room. But then he he's like, well, it's in this other room. So he sneaks out and, and plants it for her, and it's like a cute moment. And her friends are just like, this is kind of awkward. We're just gonna leave now because she just ends. She finds it and she keeps calling up a perv. But you know, nothing much there. But then the second episode, as you were saying, like her f- main friends are starting to really catch on to the fact that what turned what started off as like oh, this dude's just going to be a her new toy. Like, we've seen... I mean, we don't know her past with her friends either. They could, they might have just became friends this, you know, this time around. But, like, they know her antics, and they're like, oh, this dude's screwed. She's just going to tease him and torment him, and it's just going to be awful. And now, as the episodes have progressed, we finally see in this episode their friends realize, like, she might actually like how, this guy. She might how actually. How far can we push this? Yes. How far can we push this button? Because like we've seen that come up in other episodes, right? Where like they start doing whatever she's doing to Senpai, and she's like, "No, you can stop that now." No, that, like that's the, the sunscreen applying sunscreen with the feet. Yeah, like... or like early on when um, 
like one of they're sitting at a lunch table and she like like Nagatoro's slapping him and then her one friend's like that looks like fun and she just catches her hand midair and she's like yep. I don't think you want to do that and her friend's like I don't know if I want to do that <laughs> <laughs> but now but they, yeah, they've like, really caught on to like her feelings for Senpai and so I think they've flipped the tables they flipped the script and now they're the ones that are teasing her and being like hmm I wonder how far we can push the envelope and see just how mad we can get her based on like what we're saying about senpai and like how we're talking about him and what we're doing with him and they took full advantage of that when the one friend was like hey i have a stalker can you be my fake boyfriend for a day but like an actual situation of just like okay this is really creepy like can you just please do this for me and like god that's so like you could she could ask like any other guy well, but like, and that was my thought too. But she she mentions it when she's at the restaurant and explaining the situation. She's like, "Well, I'm actually I'm single now, so if I ask anyone else, they'll just take advantage of it and try to date me, and then it's just awkward." So if uh, I ask, I, I miss that part. Then yeah, yeah. So she's like, "That's why it's only you can do it because you know I you you're not threatening. Like you don't come off as someone that would. You're a sheep. Yeah, but then, that's sheep. Which is, and then one of my favorite parts of the episode. Because her friends are like, yeah, he's a sheep. He won't do anything. He's a weakling. He's a. I love the the. He's an herbivore. <laughs> like yeah, like what a what a fucking great insult. <laughs> but then the best. He's an herbivore. <laughs> the best part of it all is that Nagatoro turns the table and she's like, oh no, he's not an herbivore. He's a perv, and he's on a whole other level. You know what's gonna happen if you fake date him? He's gonna stalk you, and it just shows clips of like him stalking yeah. her with the other stalker, with the other guy. Oh, that uh, yeah, that shit me. got me rolling. That was funny. Um, but as as far as the but yeah, the like the episode is like it it's again super funny. Uh, each episode is is great with storytelling, but I think they're focusing highly on her friends and all the different things that her friends are doing to Nagatoro, based on the, her relationship with Senpai, and I think you. It's starting to you're starting to realize like okay the emotions are developing. Let's see how that's gonna affect her friends. Like, is it gonna are they gonna show their true colors more? Are they gonna change? Because we've seen so much different character development and changing in personality. Like, are we gonna see that with her friends? Because obviously they're they're becoming more and more a part of the story too. But hey, it's you know yeah it's great episode to episode. I can't like you have said constantly. I can't I can't speak highly ab- uh, enough about it just such a fantastic like, I, show i never in my wildest dreams thought this show would end up like this like it's it's just a fantastic show but yeah like the fact that and just kind of to put a last pin in it until next week is just like he gets put in the, like they get put in this situation which like hey be my fake boyfriend and like nagatoro's trying to be like no 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 don't do it and like he looks at her and is like i know you don't want me to do this but I kind of have to, and it's just like, okay, I'll do it, and just a part of her dies inside. It's just like, no. <laughs> it's just, is that part really took the cake for me. I was just like, god damn it, that was great. Yeah. Um, but let's let's move on to the Charlie Day show of the season. <laughs> the fucking corkboard of just what the fuck is going on, Odd Taxi. We had a movie moment in the episode, yeah, it was the Leonardo DiCaprio sla- like pointing from the couch slash Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. It was just like they said the fucking title <laughs> in the damn the show. They did it. They said the title. It's fantastic. I, it caught me off guard. And the, then the fucking 
and the taxi driver's like, are you supposed to sound cool right now? Because it's pretty fucking lame. Yeah. <laughs> that killed me. I was just like, ah, oh, classic. Great. The vibe, but, the vibe of this episode was so different, though, because for the, I mean, how, however many weeks we've been talking about it now, like, the dominoes falling, right? Like, everything's starting to finally collapse. Correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but this episode felt more like they were stacking the dominoes up again. Because this episode, oh yeah, there was, was there was a lot of plotting this episode. They're like, okay, because like because his plan kind of fell through with the whole fact that like the calico cat came in with his like buddy. Yeah, it was just oh no, I did not account for this. I need to redo it and like I need to figure out another plan. So, and you finally got once they yeah once they resolve that situation, it's like okay, how the fuck do we like end this? Yeah, madness. And you finally got that point, too, of, like, I've been hitting on the past couple of weeks, too, like, those overarc- those those crossing paths of stories. You finally see, like, almost all of them sort of switch over each other. It's like, I'm reading through yeah. my notes right now, and it's like, the episode hits on both villains' plans to for the robbery of the lottery ticket winner. On top yep. of that, you learn more about... Uh, the taxi driver's plan with the lottery the the lottery winner himself because he goes to his apartment and is like explaining the situation like the yakuza are going to come they're going to capture you just be patient just believe in us believe in me we have a plan you're going to be safe just roll with it like you see yep. all this setup on top of that the episode essentially starts with the manager of mystery kiss who's a, a, like in cohorts the dog with, yeah the dog He's on the side of the uh, porcupine Taxi driver now. Well, no, oh, he, yeah, no, he he works for the porcupine, but yeah. like, tr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he and tries he, to kill the taxi driver at the beginning of the episode. Because he's like, because the taxi driver is caught on to everything, and he knows it, and he's just like, well, I gotta kill you now. Yeah, and, and that goes terribly wrong. And well, the part that I got like this is my one irk that I had in the episode was like the alpaca who is the the love interest early on with the taxi driver but fell off when he realized what her past was and why she was doing it. She kind of shows up out of the blue and is like, "Hey, I'm gonna kick your ass!" And the the, the manager gets out of the car like, "What?" And then she does capoeira and just beats the shit out of him. And you're like, "This was cool, but where in the hell did you come from? They're in like a deserted area." Of the city. I thought they explained that a little bit, and I like, I don't know if it was like GPS tracking or what, but like, I, they I thought might they have, explained it a little bit. They but might it was have just texted. A, yeah, yeah. It was a really off the wall kind of explanation, and it was not great. But yeah, I mean, hey, it, it worked. So yeah, I mean, it got and to, it got it. It got her involved again, which really sucks because now it's like, okay, the dog sees this person doesn't know who she is but like everybody else does so it's like one of those things okay if we still need like a backup plan to hurt the taxi driver we could just bring up this alpaca yeah but it's just like but yeah. yeah and then speaking of gps2 the taxi driver finally realizes that he's been he's being tailed bugged for the while yeah. now they, he finds the gps tracker then you have the gorilla who's still on the hunt for figuring out his and past he's learning shit left and right slowly i have a, i have a new theory i have a new theory all right because i'm done i want you to hit on this theory for the rest okay, of this so time. let's do it. i know this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a little bit of a weird one i don't know how old 
this tech like the taxi driver's in his 40s i don't know how old it was when his parents died however or how long ago that was however i'm really wondering if like the entire family died or well no hold on now i gotta rethink of what the fuck my theory was actually gonna be because my theory was like the doctor is going to find out that the taxi driver is not actually the real taxi driver that we're thinking of. Like, the person's name that he's using is actually dead. And that he's just impersonating them because he is, like, tied to, like, a, like I said last time, like, a mafia person of some sort. And is just like, I'm just trying to lay low and live my taxi taxi man type of life. Or something like this. Or, like, the company that was giving him money to stay there was just, like, for, like... It's just a front, and it's just, uh, ex- not extortion, what is it, money laundering, and, like, some of the money laundering is just paying for him to live, like, uh, what is it when you, a witness protection program, essentially. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering, like, who the fuck is this taxi driver? Because even in the episode, the dog is like, how did we get outsmarted by a taxi driver? A simple taxi driver. And there's no way this man is not just a simple taxi. There's got to be some other explanation. Like, it's just insane. But, like, to end the episode of just, like, saying, oh, by the way, the body we found in the river a week ago was this calico cat. She belonged to this pop band. And he's like, that's not the person. And it's just like, blah. So it's like, okay. So we got to assume that the calico cat is like the porcupine's daughter or the whoever mob boss's daughter and they like she ran away because maybe it was like okay maybe it was the mob boss that they were running badger games with they said like oh my daughter ran away we need to find her but instead it was like hey my daughter ran away this ba- from my badger game like the badger the badger ran away from the game we need to kill her she knows too much so instead of killing her they just they've killed another person to frame it and be like okay this missing person is actually dead and it's like to like get her out of the hole of like okay everybody thinks i'm dead i can leave now and then they find her and go black but i don't know i'm like i'm rambling on on this I, there's it's just there's so much intrigue and there's so just what is going on so i'm just i'm very curious i'm very excited there's not many episodes left and i just i need to know i need to know what happened um also something else i want to call out uh real quick is that in a couple weeks on uh june 30th june 30th or june 29th so we got 20 to 21 days the last episode of wonder egg priority comes out which was is my favorite show this year i'm very excited to watch the show and i will be back on the show for that because i will be taking the week before that off so i am very excited to talk about wonder egg priority the last episode whenever it comes out at the end of the month but like like i it's really this show depending on how odd taxi ends like between this and Wonder Egg, I really don't know what my favorite show is this year because Wonder Egg is so fucking good. It is a complete departure from everything we've watched this season. It is a much darker, depressing show, but it is so good in the intrigue and just kind of drip feeding you all the information that it's just like, okay, 
how is it how are they gonna it's oh it's so good so we'll we'll stay tuned for the end of wonder egg and also the end of odd taxi because god dang there's so much intrigue there yeah quite an ending to this uh season that's for sure a freaking men but on to the our last topic as always my hero academia and we should note that lobo isn't here but we will be including his statements as a part of the episode and his opinion yes yes which i have right here he said oh wait no that's good news bad news about not being able to join today uh quick my hero academia thoughts even though 1a1 spoiler alert 1B showed that they aren't to uh, they, they aren't to be taken lightly with, especially with the teamwork shown in the last match. Like, I would, um, yes and no on that last point because yes and no on that last point. He says the sh- the teamwork that they had. There were three people essentially working together. You had the like brainwash guy who was working completely separately from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then the asshat who's always like one B's going to take you down. <laughs> he's like off fucking he's like fuck off everywhere else. Like he takes everybody else's like powers and is just like, "All right, I'm I'm gone. Bye." Like, I'm going to just try and do this thing, but it's going to fail, and I'm going to go fuck myself now in this little cage. It just, I would disagree that the teamwork wasn't was great between 1B. For three students, phenomenal. The other two, not so much. Yeah. Granted, one of them isn't in three, 1B. It's their, you know, the, the trial. But still, it's just one of those things that... I don't think that they showed the greatest teamwork the the last fight. If you showed great teamwork when you had like when one A had a man down in Deku, which Deku was just like, I can't use my powers and then uses his powers and he's like, I'm tired as fuck, I can't use my powers and just like doesn't. It's just like, okay, you're a man down and you still can't bring him down, like, alright, you're done. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I, I will just add that I think and not to put words into Lobo's mouth or anything but I will say I think what he's getting at is that where 1A won most of like the matches that they won with primarily like one to two people carrying and the other two the other heroes sort of supporting them and using their abilities to help boost them I feel like 1B throughout all the matches showed more cohesiveness and knowledge of each other's powers so they knew like no matter they, it felt like no matter who they got grouped with they had a strategy on how to work best with each other whereas That's true i would give them that yeah because like because you know there was i can't remember what match it was but i feel like one b it might have actually been this match where the one b team was talking to each other and they're like we really don't have like a recon person like we don't have anyone to to give us awareness of who's where um we're really just all kind of like not support but we have abilities that really aren't bruiser either it's going to be super hard for us to handle this but they still came up with a strategy that best worked with the powers that they had available and so i feel like 1b and that's just because of the fact that again they've been in the classroom they haven't been fighting you know day in and day out and being put into situations like 1a has they have had the time over the school year to actually get to know not only their own powers but each other's so much so that they can work with one another pretty much seamlessly. 
Um, and I think that's the key piece. I'm hoping that I'll get to this in a second too, but I'm hoping that they hit on that with one A on how it's great that you're learning your own powers and that you're growing, but you really need to get to know your counterpart's powers as well. Cause you're going to be put in situations yeah. where you're going to have to work with another hero likely. And if you don't Probably sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As sidekicks too you're going to have to not only be comfortable and master your own powers, but you have to have the knowledge and wherewithal to adapt to those around you too. And not just bank on yourself or others to carry you. Like you have to work in conjunction with them. And I think you see most of that in 1B and that's the huge growing pain that 1A faces. And I, I would definitely agree with that because I mean, we saw about as much good teamwork from 1A as we did when they went to like, the training grounds in season one where the league of villains first attacked like yeah we saw as much uh, like camaraderie slash teamwork there than we did you know this this season but i do have a question for you when what's his face what's his dick the asshole that's just like we're gonna beat you ha, 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 and then gets knocked out yeah he steals deku's powers does eraser head actually erase his powers for that split second and the guy thinks he's a dud or is is it the way that uh one for all works won't let him use it now that's that's i'm like okay what happened here because eraser head is well aware of one for all i believe i think yeah i mean sort of to an he, extent he's caught on i think yeah, so I'm wondering, did he actually null and void the power from the kid because he was glowing green for all intents and purposes? Like that is one for like one for all, or did like one for all? Do you think the quirk itself is just like no, no, no? You're not the chosen one. You can't use this power. I had a thought about that too, and I actually discussed it with my girlfriend because we watched the episode together. It, it was a very confusing part because you know he says the the, the dickhead kid. We're just going to call him that, I think, from now on. Um, Captain Dickhead. Captain Dickhead. He, when he gets uh, <laughs> wrestled to the ground by Uraraka, he's like, was that a blank? Like, was it just like an empty, like, a dud. quirk? Yeah, like, it, it, yeah. He was even confused himself. And then, you know, leading up to that, there's that whole flashback of, of Deku and All Might, and All Might being like, yeah, if you don't train your body, you'll just explode. And so you're led on to believe, like, oh shit like this kid's gonna die <laughs> if he tries to use deku's power and you're like oh phew it's just a dud i mean most people have probably been like yeah i'd been fine if he exploded but yeah my mind immediately went to your your second point which was i think it's more in line with the fact that deku received this power and had to like actually like grow into it and so it's not a conventional quirk where like you obtain it and then you just kind of yeah. learn how to use it. It literally, like, it has to grow within you. And so I bet well, when also, he stole it, it was, like, you know, essentially, like, just given nothing. Because he, he, yeah. he gets and the just, base power. And also to to put another pin into that point of, ju- or to kind of hit that point as a, I don't know. I can't do an analogy right now. Um, another supporting topic to that is that the power, when you pass it on to somebody else, it has to be willingfully passed on. It can't be stolen. Like you can't just eat the hair and be like, yeah. Oh no, you have my power. Now it's like, Hey, I'm giving this to you. I'm willingly giving this to you. Eat my DNA. 
That sounded really disgusting. Yeah. Also, another disgusting point. You almost called Deku Deku, and that would have been a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Thing. I was on. That I was the, on Dickhead. So you were on was, Dickhead, and you bad. almost called him Deku, which would have been hilarious. That is now his hentai name. Um, anywho, <laughs> oh god, that sounds gritty. Um, but yeah, no, I like. A part of me wants to believe that uh, Eraserhead really knows what's going on, and like shut that shit down before it could like hap like kill the kid but i i don't think he would know to the extent that it would have killed him that he shut it down i think it is more so the powers like the power does not choose or you can't use it we didn't choose like we didn't willingly choose you goodbye yeah so yeah but and, and i think too on top of that since we've now learned that uh one for all can enhance the power the quirks of someone who already has a quirk I don't. I think it would have worked the opposite way, where like if 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 Captain Dickhead actually did steal one for all, it would have actually just enhanced his quirk that he already obtained, right? So that's another thing to it too. That's another layer where like we see uh, Deku as the superhero who has got incredible physical strength, but that's just because that's the power that All Might had, and that's how he trained him to have. But if it were to be given to anyone else who has a quirk, that quirk would just be enhanced more. So, like, Captain Dickhead would be able to steal, like, I don't know, ten quirks at once instead, you know? Yeah, or the quirks he's stolen are, like, doubly powerful. Yeah. I, I think it would have been it would have been kind of like a... Uh, almost like a cop-out if uh, Racerhead came in and, and stopped it. Just like, yeah. and I want to hit on this because this irked me the most in this episode, just like how Captain Dickhead was able to use one of his abilities when he was put in jail which both my girlfriend and i were like that seems like that's a foul we're not referees here but that doesn't seem fair that one kid gets captured but can still use his abilities well it was like his like hey i gotta use like this is my last ditch effort like i can only use this ability one last yeah, time but and just like i get it but at the same time it's just like they can't prove it was him yeah they'll just say oh it's the other person but like and I mean, like, yeah, that was that was a little weird. At the end of the day, it didn't impact the fight all that much, right? Like, you, it led it on to believe, like, oh, uh, Deku might be knocked out, cold, and then he's screwed. One A is gonna lose this, but he just wakes right back up and then kicks Shinzo's ass. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. well, that was quick. Um, yeah, Deku's got a hard head. God damn it, we gotta stop with these dick analogies. Anywho. Um, <laughs> very hard head no yeah. um that was yeah you were i i definitely thought i was like yeah that could knock a guy out throwing a metal fucking washer or you know lug nut at a guy like in the fucking temple yeah that that totally knocks any normal human being out but nope not not our deku who's got plot armor yeah Jeez. but to be fair i mean as i said kind of in earlier weeks like i'm very happy there was a winner and a loser. There was no fucking bullshit draw. My God, I would have raged this episode if there was a draw. I mean, but, especially um, especially after the third match, like that just that left such a sour taste yeah. in everyone's mouth. I feel like. Oh, I I got heated about that. I was like, this is some horse shit. But um, one thing that I probably one of the most subtle things that i really loved about this episode is they finally finished the running gag 
of all the 1A being like stop the biased commentary and then by the end like Miss Midnight or whatever is like the commentator unbiased commentating and they, they have like a little sign like oh this is unbiased we love it yay this is what commentating should be like, yeah that running gag through all the episodes that was great and the fact that they tied it up was like ah uh, yeah okay. Lobo pointed that out I, too yeah it, it, it did make me laugh when I saw Jiro Jiro with the sign <laughs> <laughs> like yay, put an end to Vlad's horrible, horrible bias commentary. Um, yeah, and the the last points that that Lobo had is that he looks forward to seeing Shinzo grow and discover new ways to use his power effectively. I mean, it's, I I think that he's going to be put into the hero course, whether it be one A or one B. I'm not sure, um, but I, I think he does it in some capacity because like he did for all intents and purposes he did very well in the yeah. tournament and like demonstrated how he can be a, a vital asset so i think he will get into some sort of capacity but the last point he had is jiro's great oh yeah you saw that jiro's <laughs> great at the end holding up the sign yeah yeah um, that that to me was like a just great comedy bit coming to an end yeah or not necessarily great comedy bit because every time like the the bias commentary came it was like okay after the th- third time i was like all right this is enough but like ending that bit on like that note was instead of just leaving it alone was like okay I, that was good. It's a good way to wrap it up. But that was then, that was the best build up of the season so far. Yeah. <laughs> wow. God, I was, will get. Yeah. I will give. <laughs> you're gonna get chastised next episode. Uh, yeah, I was gonna get flayed for that one. Um, but, no, but I mean to to wrap things up though because we are ending the term and arc now. Yeah. I. I posed supposedly. the question last yeah supposedly I posed the question last week to Lobo exclusively but I guess I'll ask it this time too because and I'll start it by making a statement then asking the question because my whole conundrum, the whole conundrum I had with this season was that we're we're getting again a huge taste of one B and unlike before where they were just sprinkled in they they're like crucial to the beginning of the season my mindset then is okay continue it on build on 1b this season should be a continuation of what we saw from the tournament arc in that in addition to 1a's involvement and growth i want to also see 1b whether it's in the classroom whether it's out training with actual heroes if they're on the same assignment whatever it might be because i i and i can't stress this enough i'm sick and tired of 1b getting sprinkled in and then cast aside like they don't matter so if you want me to care this is the perfect season to do it because you've just had an entire tournament arc with them involved. So I'll continue this statement by asking you the question I asked Lobo last week, which is, can we have gotten to this point now of Season 5 without the tournament arc and have the same progression and same feel that we get with, obviously, Deku and his new powers, but also the growth and and, and really just the, the entire evolution of 1b just minus this tournament arc because i I have to believe there was there could have been a better way there's there's only one instance where i think you could have put them more in there prominently rather than just focusing on specific characters for 1a and that's actually last season with the uh overdrives arc in which they they i think that they could have sprinkled in more 1b or at least the main characters of 1b in there in which the people who were assisting heroes they could have had a few more 1b people in those hero programs that have been close to this case and were brought along for this case that 
of of capturing overdrive and recovering you know the little girl i think they could have sprinkled a little bit more of one b in there that would be my only place i could see them doing that unless you included them from the very beginning hey just because you're in one b doesn't mean you get to miss out on everything one a does your curriculum is the same we're gonna throw you into the the place where the hero villains like attacked us uh in the first season and then we're gonna send you to the same training camp in the woods uh in season two or whatever season it was and then season four with overhaul or overdrive or overhaul whatever the fuck his name was we're gonna send you in there too i don't think you really could have done too too much in season three to my remembrance but i think you could have sprinkled like unless you did it from the beginning there you couldn't really do it other than last season yeah and that's that's where i think that's the only places i can really think of where you could have included them yeah and i'll close it i'll close it up by saying like i'm not here spouting out that i think 1b is more important than 1a like i i know the story i know it's about Deku and him becoming the number one hero. Obviously, he's in one A. The one A is going to be the focus. It's just I'm getting it. It becomes so tiring when you get these cool heroes from one B and from the upper class too. Like last season when we had uh, Mirio and um, the really popular girl and the the guy who can eat things and turn into the different like things he eats. <laughs> like those are cool heroes too. Like from the upper class. Like I like that. It's just when you start a season in a tournament arc with these characters i want to i want to have more involvement with them but you can't just keep dropping the ball and casting them aside afterwards so i just i'm interested to see what they do with 1b this season because we obviously know where it's going now this season and the next few with deku learning about his powers i'm more interested in knowing now what they're going to do with 1b so exciting stuff we're finally beyond the tournament arc we can become involved more it more excited and anticipate the next episodes without just being like oh joy the conclusion of a match (laughs) yeah i was gonna say next week we'll get a little more exposition of just like deku explaining everything to all might and then after that it's just probably set up for part two of the season yep but that that we'll we'll get to that soon but um thank you everybody for joining us this week uh really greatly appreciate you guys listening week in week out if you want to talk to us in a more direct manner now we have a discord so come join us in our discord you can find the invite link on our twitter page which is at bakako podcast um any and all feedback is still welcomed either via twitter or our email bakako podcast at gmail.com until next time spark triumph we will see you then take care Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.